Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text for meditation this morning is taken from the Old Testament book of Exodus, uh, chapter 33, verses 12 to 33, selected verses. Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way, that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And God said, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said, please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. Dear fellow redeemed, Our theme for meditation this morning is God is gracious, compassionate, and full of goodness. At different times in life, we may get sad or disappointing news. Maybe you've just recently been informed that a loved one went home to Jesus a little sooner than you expected. Maybe a routine doctor visit turned into a diagnosis on a new disease. Maybe you were really counting on a raise or a promotion at work, and it just didn't come through. Or maybe, like many of us, you've made some bad decisions in life. Decisions that led to some sort of discipline or temporal punishment. Well, these examples, they tie into what's going on in our scripture reading today. The Israelites, they had recently gotten some very sad and disappointing news. First, just a little bit of background. In our text, Moses once again is pleading with the Lord. He was pleading with him because this is shortly after the account of the Israelites worshiping the golden calf. God had told Moses that he would not be leading the people to the promised land because of their sin. And this news aggrieved Moses and aggrieved the people a whole lot. He was going to send an angel instead, lest he consume them in his anger. But Moses knew that God is good and compassionate and full of goodness. And he understood and trusted that God, as should we, that he's faithful. So Moses, he wrestles with the Lord in prayer. And he boldly asks him to reconsider. So the previous account of the golden calf, it gives us a glimpse into God's burning anger over our sin. If you consider the Ten Commandments, and not only the Israelites' inability to keep them, but also our own, it ought to give us a proper reverence and fear of the Lord. Because we cannot do what he requires of us. That account shows us how much it grieves him when we sin. The major sin in the calf incident, it highlights idolatry. It's a grave sin against the first commandment. But I wonder how many other commandments were were being broken that day as well. 
But then if you think carefully, if anyone breaks the first commandment, failure in every other commandment follows right after that because we make ourselves or something else our own God and we cease to recognize what the true God has said about anything. Martin Luther says in the large catechism under his explanation to the first commandment, whatever your heart clings to and confides in, that is really your God. So then what do our hearts cling to? What golden calf do we end up dancing and singing around on a regular basis? The Bible gives us many examples. Mammon is one of them. It's money, all the things, all the possessions, all the desires that we see around us in the world. This idol is one of the most common on earth. And you couldn't be breathing and be found not guilty of worshiping this false god. Our idol might be learning, wisdom, power, prestige, family, maybe honor. Our intellect and our learning can often get, in, get us in trouble, can't it? Maybe we've acquired a college degree, a master's, maybe even a doctor, read all sorts of books. Maybe we know the contents of the Bible inside and out. But if our intellect gets in the way of our heart, we often fail to trust God's word with childlike faith. Jesus says this in Matthew 18:3, Assuredly, I say to you, Unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Maybe our idol is simply me, myself, and I. We know that our parents, our teachers, pastors, others in authority, they're doing their best to guide us and direct us how to live a godly Christian life. But we often assume we know better, don't we? We end up listening to the lies of the devil instead. How many more examples could we come up with if we thought long and hard about it? The point is we break God's first and greatest commandment all the time. And unfortunately, this truth ultimately leads us into breaking the rest of his commandments as well. Now this reminder, it's, it's pertinent for us today. It's pertinent for us for every day. So here are some more words from the for Martin Luther, we are to trust in God alone and turn to him, expecting from him only good things. For it is he who gives us body, life, food, drink, nourishment, health, protection, peace, and all temporal and eternal blessings. It is he who protects us from evil, he who saves, and he delivers us from any kind of evil. So the Israelites, their their lack of patience and confidence with God's plan and his perfect timing, the same thing that we're guilty of on a regular basis, it's what spurred their sin. And it's the reason that Moses was pleading boldly with the Lord to remember his word and his promises. Moses is saying, I'm your child, and this nation is your people. You know us by name, and not only that, but you've said, I've found grace in your eyes and on account of the promised Messiah. Please forgive me my sins and the sins of the people. Strengthen our faith and show us your ways that we might know them better and have rest. And of course, 
God, who is gracious, compassionate, and full of goodness, he answers yes to Moses. He says, my presence will go with you, and I will cause you to have rest. God promises Moses, just like he promises us, that he is constantly concerned about us, and that he's intent and leading us in the correct way, because we are his people. If only we would be so bold more often in our own prayers. So Moses, with his bold prayers and his petitioning of the Father, he's given all that he asked for, but he doesn't stop there. He says, now please show me your glory. But God makes it clear to Moses that he can't see his full glory, and neither can we. So let's think about God's glory in another way, how it applies to us in the Father's only begotten Son. We haven't seen Jesus physically, but yet we do still see him, don't we? We are shown in Scripture a vivid word picture of our perfect, loving, gracious, and compassionate Savior through the eyes of his eyewitnesses and the apostles. He lived a perfect life for us and he suffered the torments of hell in our place. Moses and the Israelites, their faith laid hold of the promise yet to come. In our faith, it lays hold of the promise fulfilled. Jesus, who is God's glory in the flesh, he came to earth and he dwelt among us. He lived perfectly, fulfilling God's law for us because we can't do it. He died innocently on the cross because of us, and he rose victoriously, to justify us. Our sin, our rebellious idolatry, and our constant breaking of his commandments was placed on Jesus' shoulders and was paid for with his blood. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 5. Through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are caused to remember our baptisms and to repent daily. And in our baptisms, we receive faith and forgiveness of sins. And we became heirs of eternal life. This is amazing grace indeed. Praise and thanks be to God that he is gracious, compassionate, and full of goodness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and evermore shall be. Amen. We'll conclude today with hymn 575. Hymn 575, verses 1, 3, and 4.